Welcome, friends and fiends. This is your host, film critic and comedian, Nate Wyckoff. And I'm here to tell you about an exciting giveaway that Warner Brothers Discovery and Colton Classic Films LLC has put together to build your 4K Ultra HD film collection on digital. We are giving away four codes which contain digital 4K Ultra HD versions of Rebel Without a Cause, Maltese Falcon, and Cool Hand Luke. These are films that you absolutely must know as a film buff. You can get this code by being one of the lucky four people we pull from our newsletter list. So go to coltonclassicfilms.com slash newsletter and give us your email and your name and we'll sign you up for the newsletter and we will enter you in the competition. That's all you got to do. So please go ahead and do that. The contest ends on April 30th and we will send out the winning codes on May 1st. Thank you so much for being a listener. And here's your episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast. Welcome to Colton Classic. <laughs> Welcome, friends and fiends, to another mini-sode of Colton Classic Podcast. These are the short Friday episodes we bring you to tide you over until we get to our main episodes on Tuesday, where we discuss two thematically linked films one mainstream and one cult i'm your host as always nate wyckoff film critic and comedian and i have a bit of food poisoning yes it is not fun but i still wanted to be here today to bring you a little extra bonus episode uh so today i'm going to review come play from 2020 this is a uh horror film uh that is rated pg-13 the reason i mention that is because horror films that are not rated R tend to go one of two ways. Either they're really good because they have to be creative in how to create fear without um, overt violence and things, or they are bad because they are intended for an audience that really doesn't want to be um, unnerved too much. Um, and this one, I am going to go on a limb uh, that some may disagree with and say, this is the first one. It's a good movie. Um, and they were creative with how they made it uh, terrifying. Now, it is written and directed by Jacob Chase from uh, the short film, also by Jacob Chase. When you have a film that is based on a short film, we've talked about this on this podcast before, oftentimes the problem is, is that it is uh, sort of bloated because they don't add enough or have a new concept um, that, that is worthy of feature length. There's not enough story. There's not enough character development. Something is missing and in its place is filler. Um, so what looked great in a short film becomes bloated over long and loses its effect uh, as a feature length. Now, this one is an hour and 36 minutes and I'm happy to say I think everything there is pretty solid and it's got a, a couple of really good points in its favor. Now, critics, uh, have both professional critics and audiences have been a bit divided on this one. And one of the criticisms I see often lobbed at it is that they're like, well, it's just Stranger Things. This is a weird comment to make, and I will tell you why, as someone who really enjoys Stranger Things. Stranger Things in and of itself is based off nostalgia and borrowing from uh, particularly 80s uh, horror and fantasy films. It is... A, an amalgamate of previously used ideas, devices, um, horror concepts that is put together in a nice package with a good cast and decent writing to create something that's really fun and has all the flavor of 80s um, adventure and horror flicks that we just don't get a lot of these days. Although movies like Come Play are trying to bring that back. And 
the parallels that people often draw is that the creature, as there is a creature in come play, is, causes lights to dim and things uh, of that nature. And that, of course, happens in uh, the first couple seasons of Stranger Things. That's really it. That's really the only parallel. So I don't, I'm not quite sure what's, what's to complain about. But regardless of your feelings on Stranger Things, come play follows a, uh, a young kid, uh, preteen boy, played by Ozzy Robertson, who is autistic. Uh, now, I don't know a huge uh, amount about autism, so I can't speak to that all the way, but I can say that he's nonverbal, but he is able to communicate through writing and through apps on his phone that uh, play words, and he is seems to be a fully functional little boy. His, uh, his differently abled status is, is really limited to his language and perhaps some occasional motor functions or overstimulation, I guess would be more accurate. Um, this is this film, while having someone in it who's portrayed as having autism, uh, doesn't fall prey to Sia's uh, disastrous film uh, involving autism where incorrect treatments and, uh, and outdated ideas that can be harmful to the autistic community are prevalent. The nice thing about Come Play is that Ozzy's character named Oliver is smart and capable. And he and his other friends, uh, which include uh, Byron, played by Winslow Fegley, who does this awesome uh, job looking exactly like uh, uh, an eight-year-old Patton Oswalt, um, they are capable and engaging, and you feel for them. And they're very much uh, the smartest people in the room a lot of the time when it comes to this movie. That's something that Stranger Things does, and that a lot of, say, Spielberg movies do, where the kids have an alien or, or, or monsters, something like that. Um, is you treat kids like adults because they're more capable than you think. And that requires good performances by the cast of children, which can be hard to come by. Luckily, we get good performances and come play. Now, the plot is that uh, Oliver, with his um, differently abled status, is sort of an outsider. Uh, his former friend Byron kind of picks on him with his group of friends. And he, as a result, Oliver is always tied to the cell phone. And in particular, he likes watching SpongeBob. So he's not really engaged in school. He doesn't have any friends. And one night while he's watching SpongeBob, this, the lights flicker and this illustrated kid's book shows up on his phone and he can't get rid of it called The Misunderstood Monster. And it's the story of Larry, this big, tall, lanky, slender man-esque creature that always hides his face, who's a monster but just wants to be friends. And he can be your friend forever. And uh, throughout the movie, the characters involved uh, read more and more of this book, sometimes unwillingly, and learn that Larry uh, is out to take lonely boys or lonely kids or lonely people like Oliver to be friends because Larry's lonely and they can be together and no one has to be lonely. And again, guys, spoiler alert, I don't think it spoils this movie or any of the movies we review. Um, but it does give you information. So if you're already sold on the movie, go watch it and then come back. I'll talk about it. Uh, but when you go with Larry, you become like Larry. Uh, so there's this sort of price to pay. And you don't really know if Larry is a friend or not. Uh, but he is spooky. And he needs more energy and people to read the book in order to transfer from the uh, 
window realm, uh, which is what he seems to call uh, the realm beyond the screen of phones and other electronics into the real world. And he can only be there for a short time as he draws energy before he claims the person as a friend and takes them back to wherever he goes, the upside down, one might say. Now, Oliver's smart. Uh, his dad, uh, Marty, played by John Gallagher Jr., did a great job. And uh, his mother, Sarah, played by uh, the excellent Jillian Jacobs. Uh, little side note here. I like Jillian Jacobs. I, I'm terrible despite liking uh, the cast and Dan Harmon. I did not watch Community. So the last time I seen, I've had seen Jillian Jacobs was uh, as a judge on uh, one of the best episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race in history. Season 6, Episode 5. Ben de la Creme is phenomenal as Dame Maggie Smith. Go watch it. But anyway, uh, Jillian Jacobs plays Sarah, uh, Oliver's mom. Now, Sarah is stressed because she feels like she's carrying all the weight of taking care of Oliver. And she desperately, despite knowing that she shouldn't let it show, wants Oliver to be more normal. She wants him to look her in the eyes. She wants him to uh, speak. And he is, despite being in speech therapy, he's not showing signs of, of being verbal. Whereas uh, his dad, Marty, just gets to have fun when he comes home from work uh, with Oliver. And we basically understand that Marty is moving out at the onset of this of this movie. Well, this issue with Larry trying to steal Oliver away sort of brings them back together. And uh, here's the spoiler of the big ending. Uh, eventually, Larry is going to take... Uh, Oliver, Oliver's going to hold his hand, which is how they make the transfer. And Sarah, uh, Jillian Jacobs' character, reaches forward and takes the monster's hand instead. And she goes in Oliver's place. Now, uh, it's a sacrificial move, but it's sort of a redemption arc for uh, Sarah's character because she is problematic. Uh, we know that uh, she experiences a great deal of guilt for Oliver's condition, thinking that if they'd gotten him in speech therapy sooner, maybe things would be different. I'm not sure how medically accurate that is. It doesn't seem like he really has much of a hangup not being able to speak. Um, we also learned some uh, intel as to uh, Sarah's meddling in his friendship affairs, which makes her less likable. And so her sacrifice is sort of a necessity uh, from a narrative standpoint. Now, this is a decent plot and it's got a nice little wrap up at the end. And there's a really cool post climax scene that's very sweet and touching and very well acted. Uh, what makes this movie a great horror film? Well, the concept is cool and the kid's book aspect on a phone is really neat and nicely illustrated. It looks like the kind of indie thing you would find uh, on, on Etsy that is pretty high quality and spooktastic or, or uh, itch.io, something like that. Uh, but also, Jacob Chase's camera choices, the uh, little touches of when the monster shows up, or more often when the monster's presence is known without being able to see him via manipulating things around them, whether it's sound or other objects in the room, those are all really neat. Uh, they're, they're clever. They're smartly done. I was reminded a lot in this movie of the, uh, the Boogeyman movie, the Sam Raimi produced one, not the Ululamal film. Uh, this... It's And the reason I say that is because Boogeyman was an effective um, spooky film, but it wasn't necessarily hard hitting. And I don't think Come Play is hard hitting, but I do think it's a movie that doesn't have a lot of violence, really. It doesn't have any, in fact. 
and uh, a wide variety of people can watch it and get the thrill of being creeped out with a clever idea and great effects and good camera work. It's just a solid film. And if you like the Kids vs. Monsters movies, which I do, uh, like the Stranger Things premise or Super 8 or um, uh, like a spooky E.T. or... Um, there, there are some really great ones. The Gate. These kind of movies, uh, watch come play. It's easy to miss because I feel like it's sort of as marketed as, uh, you know, something like The Slender Man, um, which sure it bears similarities to, but it's sort of a fad film for, for teenagers. Again, nothing wrong with that. Some great films have come out of that, you know, the entire 80s horror archive, essentially. But they tend to be um, lightweight fare that isn't, far enough or is just a retread of of horror tropes um, and isn't meant for for frequent horror watchers that's not the case with come play it's smarter than that and it's more well made than that so give it a shot watch it uh, and hopefully jacob chase can bring us uh some more good flicks um this is a good cast across the board it's smartly written um, people don't do super dumb things and the character's motives are clear and understandable and believable give come play a watch as i said and to play us out as always is the chud with all about evil and i want to say thank you guys so much for listening to the Colton classic podcast we've got a lot of changes and new fun stuff coming up and i hope you enjoy it please write a review if you write a review on uh, apple Podcasts and itunes uh, one or the other they're the same thing i guess then send us your screen name and your address to Colton Classic Podcast at gmail.com or our Instagram, and we will send you some cool swag in the mail for free. Thanks so much. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.